2: Welcome to the Roto-Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter. And it's Thursday, September 14th. We'll be talking about some NFL showdown tonight for Vikings versus Eagles. Taking some of your questions. You can always submit them to the mailbag. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. That goes directly to me. Uh, We'll touch on some, uh, some, maybe some props for tonight. Props, pick them. Anything that you're thinking about. Today in DFS props and pick them. Hit that thumbs up button. Give me those thummy thumbs here in the morning. I love the thummy thumbs. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Joined in the morning, early in the morning, with John Breslin, aka Squirrel Patrol. Sorry, sorry to make you make you
3: wake up early. No, I'm I'm East Coast, so it's not that bad. Like, I gotta get up you know, before nine anyway, so it's been up for a few hours. <laughs> Uh, well, we
2: we have a, a showdown slate tonight. We're going to be looking at, at that on DraftKings. You know, they're they a million million to first if you wouldn't win, win it solo. I know someone did on Monday, uh, with uh, you know the way that they, that game kind of went with the, the Jets at the at the end with the the kickoff, the punt return, the you know yeah. the wild swing on one play. It's like here's a solo million.
3: I was winning. I was winning that. Uh, going into the last drive of regulation, uh, with tied with only three other people. Which is like three hundred plus thousand. Um, but I, I, I realized I needed nothing to happen. I, I needed three incompletions. Uh, somebody had Jets defense behind me, and somebody had Josh Allen behind me. So, like, if if Allen like ran, you know ran for a yard, which is ultimately what he did, or he had a completion, like I knew I was going to lose it. Uh, or got if he got sacked, like the Jets were going to pass me. So I was like. It was great to look at, but I knew it wasn't going to, wasn't going to hold. Is it one of those
2: types of things that you look at and you're like, oh, tied three ways for first for 300,
3: whatever thousand
2: dollars. And then three plays later, it's like, oh, you're down like 20% on the day.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I think I ended up getting like 1700 back from the (laughs) 2250 entry fee, but I, but I knew, knew that was going to happen. And like, really I've had like pretty good success with showdown with um, like single entry Qualifiers, you know, ten x's, um, like a lot of the the other contests. So, like, I, it's actually a pretty good feeling because I generally make money, um, even if I'm not winning the ultimate, uh, you know, three hundred thousand dollar prize.
2: All right, Defick in the chat says the winner had a reasonable build. Yeah. Reasonable, I guess. I mean, to not like completely crazy, but let's take a look at tonight's showdown. From an overarching view, I mean, I'm bringing up the, the projections here. We'll talk about some certain situations. These two teams, the Vikings and the Eagles, <coughs> are reasonably, like, condensed types of teams. I get the sense that in showdown tonight that there's, more, there's a more likely chance than in other showdowns that... The winning lineup is like split like thirty-two ways, sixty-seven ways, something like that. Because I don't think there's all that many options like in like the cheap end that project well. And then you only have so many. You know, you have to choose six six players out of maybe fifteen or so. Do you get that sense, or do you do you feel do you feel as if uh, do you feel as if the construction to get unique,r Uniquer, right? Less duped. Uh, just involves maybe leaving more salary on the table, but it's not the type of slate where, you know, it's like some two hundred dollar guy, some four hundred dollar guy is going to be the the make or break, or or maybe maybe you feel the opposite.
3: I, I maybe lean a little more towards the opposite because I think there's like some questions in the Eagles' backfield. Because um, uh, was it Gainwell? I think he's out so you've got two cheaper running backs for the eagles we really don't have any idea what it's going to look like actually yeah i guess you've got three uh because you've got was it um deandre swift rashad penny both of whom they acquired in the off season and then didn't really use in week one <laughs> I, mean, I think i think swift had like very minimal usage and penny i think it was a healthy and active um and then they've got boston scott as well and like those guys are all four thousand or less on DraftKings, and we don't know what that workload is going to look like at all and even when we think we know we usually don't know so like even like look at the Jets game like all of the words were like yeah dalvin cook is going to get the majority of the the usage and i i don't know how the carries ended up breaking down but i know like reese hall ended up having a much bigger game just on the the back he had like an 80 yard non-touchdown run uh and and they but they did use them a, a good amount so like we never know how these backfield situations are going to are going to break down and this one's like particularly murky. But they're all cheap.
2: I mean like DeAndre Swift is 4000, right? We have Boston Scott 2200, Rashad Penny 1600. He's expected to be active. Our ownership currently doesn't have him in. I mean he has him with a projection of 5.7 as a mean, but at 0% ownership, I mean I'm assuming that's going to be higher. Ass- assuming he's in, right? More than yeah. 0% owned. Uh, at these prices, do you think that? I mean, I don't think Boston Scott's committed 1.5, 1.55% owned either. These are going to be probably the popular pieces to put in as the cheap piece because obviously, here's where the kickers and the defenses are, right? You got Elliott, you got Joseph, you got Vikings, the Eagles at 4,400, but like underneath these guys. <coughs> I mean Ty Chandler, Josh Oliver, C.J. Ham, Brandon Powell, Olamide Zaccheaus. I mean, really not, you know, Grand Calcaterra. I mean, these types of guys. Do you think the key to the slate is figuring out the the Eagles' backfield?
3: I think so, and I think because they're all so cheap, like that enables you to have some pretty unique combinations and and leave a ton of salary on the table. And still have a plausible build, right? Because you you have players. It could be like, what's let, let's say it's not divided among all three of them. Let's say one of like, let's say it's Rashad Penny. Like suddenly you've got a sixteen hundred dollar guy that is a plausible captain if he's like the, you know, like if he's the main running back. Would you play two together? I think so, and usually. So I I'm doing like an article now for a Thursday night and Monday night football and I one of the sections I I put into that article is like the rule that I would break for this showdown sleep because I think it's so common to like make groups even if you're just hand building like make mental groups that prevent you from getting the winning lineup and like in this situation like they're, they're so cheap that yeah why like why couldn't they both really hit their salary and in that case I think you would need the higher priced guys to go off like you would need like Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown like Justin Jefferson to have big games, but then it's like, yeah, if the both running backs like exceed their, their salary expectation, then that can be the winning line.
2: Right. It could be that Rashad Penny may, you know, may not have a monster game, but may have like eight points at 1600 and you may need him. Right. It's John, John Swift may have 10 points at 4,000 and you may need him because Jefferson has 30 and Hertz has 30 and AJ Brown is 24, you know, like, Like, the the only way to fit these guys in is in those scenarios. Now, we have a a 48.5 total, which is a fairly healthy total, especially for a Thursday night game. We're used to the Thursday night garbage games. Uh, Most people, I'm going to assume, are going to build for a higher scoring game. In what ways could that fail because i mean we can obviously talk about well justin jefferson and the captain or jalen hurts and the captain it's like these are the these are the common builds i don't think we, we need to go over like yeah if the game's 35 to 28 who's the players that are more likely to score points but what happens if this is a more lower scoring game what types of constructions may make you a little less duplicated in this type of showdown especially for large field contests where Maybe you don't want to be on the train of sixty-eight people trying to split first place.
3: Right. I actually I can see some like plausible scenarios. So like Minnesota knows that uh, you know they're they're going into to Philadelphia and they're they're playing Jalen Hurts, right? So like maybe it makes sense for them to to shorten the game if they can. Uh, so like just run the ball with like Alexander Madison. I, I think they're they're back up is Todd Chandler and he's maybe a little bit too cheap. Um uh, and so like, what if they're just running the ball and they're not throwing Justin Jefferson and to to Addison um, because they they don't want Jalen Hurts on the field? Um, so I, that's I think it's a plausible scenario. And I don't think that's something people are going to be building for because it's not fun. And it's, you know, but it is it, it's a way that a coach would think, right? Like, I'm going to I don't want Jalen Hurts throwing the ball all over my poorest pass defense. So we're going to shorten this game as much as possible.
2: Well in my in my dummy build for, for me just like going on the app and let's see what type of lineup maybe a little bit uh, off the board. I, I put Alexander Madison in the
3: captain spot. Yeah, exactly. I, I think he'll be an under-owned, under-owned captain. And then let's say you're you're pairing him with the Eagles running backs, like one of the Eagles running backs or both. Like that's that's shooting for a yeah, an under the total, under the game total scenario. But like, yeah, sometimes fifty percent of the time, right? This game's going to go under the total. How about an under the game total type of
2: scenario where uh, we saw we saw in the first game that Kirk Cousins has a little bit of yippee hands, right? Kind of maybe maybe some maybe some fumbles or something. Eagles defense in the captain, maybe like a five-one lineup, right? You play Eagles defense in the captain, and then you just basically jam all the high-priced Eagles in right, and get some cheap, cheap, uh, you know, Vikings piece. I I, th- I think of that type of lineup. We see here, we put the Eagles captain in. I'm going to show it on the screen, right? You put Eagles captain. You play in this type of scenario that the Eagles have the ball like 45 minutes of the game, right, because of, you know, turnovers and stuff like that, that, you know, you could fit in like Hertz, Brown, right, like Penny, right? I mean, you could fit everyone you want. I mean, like you could put in Penny. You could put in Devonta Smith, right? You still have ten eight, and you could still—I mean, you still put Jefferson there for raw points. I mean, what's wrong with this tie? Even if you take out Penny, you got you got salary remaining, right? You could yeah. put in. Well, you can't put in DeAndre Swift,
3: right? Yeah, then you might have to get a little bit cheaper. I don't know if you can do both Eagles wide receivers. Both Eagles wide receivers, right? We can't do both Eagles wide receivers. Maybe do Goddard. Yeah.
2: That's actually, I think that's a
3: better choice too, because it's like the Eels aren't necessarily throwing the ball all over the field. Like maybe Goddard's just getting a red zone touchdown, like more methodical more drives.
2: Right. We got 11.6 left. Okay. No, you can't. But I mean, you could leave some money on the table, right? You put Rashad Penny, because they're running the ball a lot, and you put Jefferson for raw points, and you leave 1,600 on the table.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think Jefferson makes sense there. Like they, the Vikings have a couple of turnovers, maybe at pick six, and so now they have to they have to throw the ball to Jefferson. But they just keep getting turnovers, and sacks, right? So right. Jefferson's piling up receptions, but Cousins doesn't make the lineup, yeah, you know, because of the turnovers and because they're just not scoring. So that makes Eagles' defense the winning captain. You know, the Eagles' offensive pieces are doing enough for raw points that you need them, um, but the only Viking you need is is uh, Jefferson.
2: Right. It's, it seems like uh the, the trend is on showdown that the higher the scoring the game is expected to be the kickers and the defenses are typically underowned and in the garbage games where it's like you know 39 and a half total that's typically where the kickers and defense tend to be overowned and you kind of play it for a higher scoring game
3: yeah that actually it was like a learning lesson for me i mean a couple of years ago i think it's like 2020 but I, I had a huge showdown night. It was I remember it was Baltimore or Cleveland, and Justin Tucker was it was the winning captain. I think like won like multiple qualifier seats for for uh, DraftKings football. Uh, I think I, I I think I tied you know tied for first for whatever it was worth for uh, you know for the main showdown contest. But Justin Tucker was the captain, and the game was like 33-30 or something like that uh, because. Like you, the high-priced guys, we were like Nick Chubb and and Lamar Jackson. Like you needed to have all of them. Like they put up so many points and they were so expensive. You had to have all of those guys, but that means you like, you couldn't fit all of the high-priced salary guys like into the lineup without Justin Tucker. It's like the higher scoring the game, where the main expensive guys are putting up points. Like the more you need the kicker that's getting you know I think maybe had like twelve or fifteen points and you know if you had a good kicker game his salary but like you needed the cheaper guy to fit in all the expensive guys
2: well all the expensive guys on this slate we have all the, the guys that are 9k or above are essentially the quarterbacks the two main eagles receivers and justin jefferson uh if you're building one lineup right let's say you're building one lineup and maybe you're playing playing single entries maybe you know like the 100 or 200 contest maybe two thousand, three thousand 3,000 entries what would be, in your opinion, as of right now, I mean, this is kind of like a first look. There'll be a pre-lock show later today on the channel at 7.30 Eastern, so definitely tune into that. Uh, which which player, I know it's lineups, not players. I always I always stress this. But if you're building one lineup, you personally, who are you more likely in smaller field stuff, but not the smallest field stuff, but small enough? Who are you more likely to build around and have in your lineup and who are you less? Are you more likely to play like a Hertz captain with no Jefferson? Are you more likely to play Jefferson captain, but just no Hertz? Like, like what, what would be the main way to distinguish yourself? Cause all these nine K plus guys are going to be the highest own guys. Who are you more comfortable fading and who are you more comfortable
3: locking in? Now that I'm just kind of thinking about it now, I think Devonte Smith might be a really sharp captain because so I think most people aren't going to be thinking about putting the wide receivers at captain, uh, and like I think just because of the big names, right? Like so, Jalen Hurts, uh, Justin Jefferson, like I think they're going to monopolize a lot of the captain ownership. And I'm I'm guessing that Devonte Smith is going to be underowned a captain for his chances of success. Because even if you think of a wide receiver, like you're going to go to Justin Jefferson or AJ Brown, but I think Devontae Smith is right there in terms of like his projection and, and his chances of being optimal. Plus, it, does, it gives you a little bit more salary. I don't know with the Eagles' running backs if you need it on this slate, but I'm guessing you'll get like pretty different. Like I, I guess he's. I'm guessing he's going to come in at less than 10% captain ownership. Right, so if he hits, you're eliminating 90% of the field.
2: Right, and this would be for single, this would be more for smaller field single entry where this type of lineup may still be like duplicated maybe 15 or 20 times in the the milli to first, but it may be either unique or only duped once or twice in your contest. And that's kind of like the balance you're trying to, you know, you're not trying to make these crazy lineups for a 2,000, 3,000 field contest, maybe for 150,000, but you also don't want, to end up in a 2000 person contest where you're duped 40 times.
3: Right. I've, I've actually had an interesting situation. Like already this year, I had a lineup, I think for the Dallas giants game where I won, like I didn't get into the main contest, right. It like filled before I could get my lineups. And I think, yeah, it was Sunday night football. So like paying attention to to all of my like main slate results. And I'm like, Oh, I only have like a few minutes to get the, you know, to get my showdown in and, you know, I got it in, but I got it into like the secondary contest and I won, which is great. But uh, it was, you know, I won $5,000, which, which is great. That lineup in the main contest would have won like 200 because uh, it wouldn't have finished first because there's so many entries. Like You have to get so crazy to have like a unique winner. Like I got a unique winner in the smaller, like 10,000 person contest rather than the, you know, 150,000 person
2: contest. Right. Mr. Gergenchat says nobody's going to play Goddard at captain, especially with his air ball last week. And that's, a, was that's another route to go. Uh, sorry, was it? With playing Goddard at captain. I mean, but yeah, the, these are the Goddard- types of builds that I'd be looking at. But also, one of the things in Showdown, and I highlight, I've, I've highlighted this so often last year on the pre-lock show, is that understand the size of the contests that you're in. Because people, what they will do is they'll look at, oh, I'll play I'll play, Rashad Penny, let's say, at captain, right? You see this all the time, John, right? They'll go, I'll play, I'm going to play, he's only a $2,400 captain, right? And let's just say in the captain spot, he's 1% owned. Let's just say. Obviously, he's not going to be zero. Our ownership needs to be updated, right? So he's 1% owned in the captain. And they go, well, Penny's up there. I'm going to play. Jefferson right I'm gonna play uh let's go to the flex I'm gonna play Jefferson I'm gonna play uh Jalen Hurts right I'm gonna play Alexander Madison I'm gonna play maybe not even Madison I'm gonna play play Brown Swift, yeah right <laughs> and then then a, a Kirk Cousins yeah right and then AJ Brown right perfectly right I'm gonna axe it out yeah <laughs> it's a 50 K lineup. And look, I have a 1% owned captain. And then they go. And then even before, and the game even starts, the contest lock, you go look. And it's like, Oh, I, I'm playing this. Look, no one's playing this. And you see your lineup is duped 142 times. right? And you go, how is that possible? Well, it's a 150,000 person contest entry contest. What's 1%? of hundred and fifty thousand it's 1500 lineups that have penny in the captain how many of those use all the salary and all the best
3: players in it? yeah a lot of them <laughs> i've actually noticed in showdown that my most duplicated lineups aren't are the the most duplicated lineups i realize just looking at my own results but are not the highest optimal lineups it's the highest optimal lineups for each captain or what it tends to be duplicated the most. Cause people think right. like, Oh, I'm going to like switch the captain. Like, yeah, I'm going to wait, like the highest projected lineup with Rashad Penny at the captain is going to be, is going to be owned, like duplicated more often than the highest projected, you know, than like the eighth projected, say, you know, Devontae Smith lineup. Right. Right. The same thing. Like, if you're going to play this type
2: of lineup, it's like, okay, take out Hertz and put in Dallas Goddard there and leave 5,600 on the table. right that now you're now it's possible but then people look at this and go well i don't like this lineup anymore it's like yeah you like it because you could fit in everyone but you're also going to be duplicated a million times
3: yeah it's it's tough though because you got to think like in that scenario like if you could afford hertz but you're putting in goddard you need goddard to outscore hertz (laughs) right uh which is you know it's probably maybe eight receptions uh but it's yeah it's a tough uh it's a tough ask right yeah exactly Uh, One of the things that we
2: do have here at Roto Grinders is the uh, Showdown Sim tool, which we put out for every island game Thursday, Sunday, Monday, and uh, it'll be run a couple of times a day. So this is just in the morning, the first run with our current ownership. This is for DraftKings and FanDuel, and Jemino basically runs a contest sim using our ownership and uh, player projections. You know, captain ownership, flex ownership. You know, the uh, and and looks at what does the top 0.1 percent lineups look like? What's their construction look like? Compare it to ownership of like it'll say like wide receiver one in our simulations as of as of 11 in the morning. Like I said, especially with the Eagles' backfield, this these projections may change a bit. That wide receiver one, which is like AJ Brown or Justin Jefferson shows up in the top 1.1% lineups, 21.96% of the time, but we have their current projected ownership as 28.71%. So that would be like negative leverage. John, do you use uh, our our SIM tool, or at least look at, you know, what it's kind of spitting out based on the roto grinders projections?
3: I do actually now just starting the season for main slate, I write an article on this, like on the, on the top stacks. And I, we, we don't like call this tool out enough. Uh, and even they're like, we, even within the tool, like it's it's deceptively powerful. So like looking at that, like the ownership, like the QB1 ownership or whatever, like uh, 28% versus 21% is a big deal. Like that's, it seems like, oh, it's just like 7%. Like, no, that's like 25% difference, right? Between, or, you know, or 30 something percent difference between the 21 and the 28th. Right. right I think,
2: uh, John, the better way to think about it is think about it as number of lineups. So there's a yeah. 7% difference. But if you're playing 150,000 lineup contest, 7% is 10,500 lineups. So the wide receiver one as captain, our simulation say 10,000 plus lineups are overrepresented in the contest. while uh, white like something like like even quarterback one you like oh the difference is like two percent it's like yeah. no that's three thousand less lineups that there should be with the quarterback so maybe you could you could feel the scale of what the differences in percentage mean even though from a raw number it's like well seven
3: isn't all that big like seven is huge yeah it's a big it's like we need to like like visually call that out <laughs> somehow on on this like tool because I, I didn't even I didn't even realize that, like looking at this tool a little bit, we actually have developed this now for MMA contests. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, that's really interesting to look at. And I was like looking at it and it's like, oh, the percentages don't seem that big. But like if you think about like, oh, this fighter is like overrepresented by a factor of like 33 percent, like that's a much bigger deal than like the you know 28 uh, ownership versus 21 percent optimal rate.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Right. So you could look at this tool if you're a Roto Grinders premium member, right? Get, get a combo premium. You get everything. Get MLB. You get all of our NFL stuff. You get PGA. You get NBA. They'll be back next next uh, next month. You'll get college football, college basketball. You, you get everything. You get everything. MMA, soccer. You get our projections for that. So click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month. Join us in the Discord. I have a premium channel, Blender's Game Theory, where you could talk to me anytime you'd like. Uh, but yeah, but the, you're right. We don't we don't point this out enough. And that's why I want to highlight this on Tool Time today. Uh, we have a question from the mailbag that I want to get to. Uh, I, I saved it specifically for you. We talked about playing Showdown for like single entry, right? Like, there's a different. You don't, do you have to get nuts? So, nuts? So, no, you still have to get a little bit nutso, So, right? But how about on like the main slate? So, we have a classic slate coming up. We had a 13 game slate. Like, we're not really concerned necessarily about like, like uniqueness even in like the milli contest it's, it's it's very rarely a consideration but i do have a question in from uh from jason wolf that uh that he wanted to address if you could address broad heuristics so just very very macro strategy that would help a dfs player think about how to make different lineup constructions in like a contest like the milli maker a large field play action the, the even the slant like five plus figure entries you know ten thousand fifty thousand a hundred thousand versus uh like single entry like high dollar like the spy or the power sweep which is not truthfully in nfl it's not that small of a field and when we're still talking about three to five thousand entries i know that you play both types of contests max multi-entry for the large field but also build these kind of single entry three max lineups is there is there a some broad macro strategy. Of course, lineups, not players. So you could break some of the rules a lot of the time. But if you were advising someone that is like, I'm used to building Millie Maker type lineups. How do I convert that into single entry three max and then vice versa?
3: So I think for single entry and three max, uh, I think you don't want to get too far off the, the, old, like the highest projected lineup um, in terms of like a raw projection. Like there just isn't a need to, uh, like, you just don't see these games. Like, you know, every week we're going to have some like 40, 42 point games, right. Game total games. Um, you know, you're like Cleveland, Cincinnati or whatever. Uh, Just these grinded out games. And there's really no reason to necessarily to, like, make that your single entry, like a stack from that game have be your single entry lineup, your three max lineup. Like I just, I pick, you know, five, you know or so games right that i might like and you can spread those out across like single entry three max like take the quarterbacks from those games i i, I think running quarterbacks tend to be undervalued uh because people just don't realize how much the rushing points counts so, like last week i used a lot of anthony richardson uh, and just like have it have a plausible stack from that game like, I tend to also emphasize like avoid the really chalky defenses. Like last week we had the Washington commanders defense. Um, I made a point of my, in my content of saying, like, I think like, that's going to be way over owned. I, I forget what they ended up coming in at, like 20 something percent. Yeah. But the, I think at
2: the single entry three max. They were like 40 plus percent.
3: Yeah. Like that's absurd. <laughs> they, there's, they don't have a 40% chance of being the best defense. Um, like defensive scoring is so random. I think a lot of the winning lineups in contests still had the commander's defense up, but it was more a factor of them being 40% owned or whatever, or 30% owned in those contests. Uh, They didn't put up that many points. Like I think Arizona ended up outscoring them.
2: Right. But I mean, that was the only defense that really separated themselves from the pack. I think the commanders put up 11 points, which is fine. Defense didn't, I didn't think defense didn't win you or lose you anything in single entry three max. But I think that the main macro point that you're stating is that, that get away from ownership to a certain degree, even if it's by one or two like positions, like maybe you don't play the chalkiest running back and the chalkiest defense, but once you're done with that, like stack a good game and then play the kind of the, maybe not the best plays, but high projected plays around there. You don't have to do all of them. Like you have almost like five different things that you could do. It's like, okay, do I play an off the board stack? Do I play an off the board running back? Do I play an off the board wide receiver? Do I play an off the board construction? Do I play an off the board defense? And it's like, like pick like maybe two of those. And then the rest is like, kind of play like towards the top of the, You know, last week, did you have to play Mostert and Jamal Williams together? No. But if you built a lineup that was, you know, a little bit off the board stack, it's like, you're probably playing one of them in in that single entry three max build. You're probably not, you're probably, you're not trying to fade five different things at once. It's like kind of pick two things and then build the lineup the way that if you were just playing any other contest, like you were just trying to cash that you're going to be different enough in the single entry three max that, like, don't just sacrifice projection for the sake of doing so.
3: Right. Yeah, I, I think people maybe make a uh, – there's a flaw of getting into, like, too far off the board, thinking, well, I want to be unique. I I don't want to have the same lineup as everybody else. Like, you're not going to have the same lineup as everybody else. It, you know, unless you're going, like, running the absolute optimal, like, projected lineup from, from Road to Grinders. Like, you're going to have a different lineup There's because there's so many different combinations you can have on a main sleep.
2: So I mean, you could you could have won last week with you know oh you can't play you can't play the Miami the the Dolphins Chargers game. It's like well you can I mean like yeah. like the thing about the smaller field stuff which I still three thousand to five thousand entries is not that small is that you don't have to be perfect right right like in the milli maybe you don't have you're not I mean you don't have to be perfect there either but you have to be way closer to perfect that. I mean, there were that there are lineups that that won single entry three max contests that didn't have like that didn't have Calvin Ridley. You Probably needed Tyree Kill, but like Calvin Ridley goes off in the in the early set of games. It's like, oh, you no, you didn't you didn't need you didn't need to have Austin Eckler. You don't even need to have him. Like there there there's you didn't have to have the Arizona Cardinals defense. You didn't need to in the Millie baby. Yeah. So like people need to get around the mount uh, the mindset of the smaller the field is. Like, because you have to be less perfect, like trying to find the guy that's going to be 1% owned and put up like 30 points is like, you shouldn't, it's very similar, uh, John, in soccer. I played the small field GPP type of stuff. And on any slate, there's some random center back that scores a goal. That's like 1% owned in like the main GPP, like in a in 135 person contest, like, they're zero, they're literally 0% owned. So when that goal happens, it's like, this doesn't even, these these things don't even affect me, right? The but defense that's 0.6% owned in your single entry scores a return touchdown on the first play of the game. You're like, close your laptop. It's done. It's like, like, dude, maybe in the milli maybe you have much less chance there because that represents so many more lineups. But imagine someone's, someone's half a percent owned in a 2000 person contest. I mean, what are we talking about? We're talking about 10 lineups, and that, that's only one slot. They have to get the other eight slots right, right also.
3: Exactly. That's thats the thing. Often when they're going so far off the board to get that play that's like, yeah, the third string wide receiver that, you know, or wide receiver three, right, They scores an 80-yard touchdown, like the rest of their lineup is way off the board too, and the rest of the off-the-board plays are not hitting like the third string wide receiver that, that gets the 80-yard touchdown.
2: Right. They try to hit all you see those lineups a lot of times in the bottom of the milli. Like if you download the CSV, you can find a good I mean, a good five percent of the total field that are playing lineups that it's like they need like five, two percent or lower players, five percent or lower players to all have the game of their lives. And it's like like, dude, you, you don't. If that happens, you're going to win the Millie by eighty five points, and you're not going to need to like those extra points. It's like, like, dude, why don't you just kind of yeah, yeah you, you like um a lot of times, John, in my lineups, even for large field contests, I may not have more than two players that are under five percent owned in my lineups.
3: yeah, you don't you don't have to. And I, I do the the eleven o'clock show with with Eric By for, like eleven o'clock to noon approximately. And like so many of the questions are about, you know, wide receiver threes, the you know, the backup tight end. I, I think this guy's gonna come in over the starting tight end. He could get two touchdowns. He could, but yeah, like unless like if you want to play that for like a millimaker, and you just want to, you know, you're playing one lineup, you know, you're playing your $15, you want to sit down for Sunday football, and you're just rooting for that backup tight end, you know, to, to come in and get two touchdowns, or or the wide receiver three to to catch, you know, two eighty-yard bombs, like that's fine. And, and and I'll give you my opinion. You know, when you ask the question on on the chances of that happening, but like if you're playing single entry, like if you're really trying to play every week to try to make money at NFL DFS, like those are not necessarily the plays you want to be thinking about for you know ninety percent of the of your
2: showdown. You, I mean, that that's yeah showdown, why I,
3: <laughs> showdown. You think
2: about that because there's only so many options. Yeah. Uh, D- yeah. Fick, exactly. Defic in the chat, the YouTube chat. Ah, uh, John it says, John, with your higher volume, do you vary your builds for largest fields versus say say your builds from like the King of the Beach winner, or do you enter
3: with the same sets? Uh, so, like, so yeah, I mean, I definitely vary my builds. So like that, that like I won like a King of the Beach uh, seat on on Sunday, um, and that was like one of my main like single entry small field lines, right? Because I think those are five max entries, um, and so. Like, that's the kind of contest I've focused a lot more on over the past like, couple of years. Is like, I want to have, like, you know, five, six, like, main kind of single entries that I'm copying down into all of my... Like, okay, so you're using deals.
2: them for all of them, then?
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it it, it it depends, it varies on the, the week, depending on like, what contests I'm entering. And it will generally vary on, like, the qualifiers I'm entering. Like, are they are, are they five max or ten max? Like, sometimes I might create, like, ten mean mean like single entry lineups if that makes sense um, and then copy them down across all those fields and then i'm'm I'm also running like 150 lineup set that's generally going to be for a much larger field that's generally getting like way more off the board
2: right but it, to, to me it's more of a risk tolerance thing i mean you could you could feel free I'm, I'm more of the type to run uniques right like if i have if i'm playing you know with 220 maxes let's say Two different twenty maxes. I'll run forty lineups because it's like I just want to win first in one of these two. I don't have to win first in both. So you're the so whether or not like oh you have all these King of the Beach qualifiers right? I'm gonna run the same five lineups in ten of them. It's like most likely if you win a seed in one of them, you're gonna win a seed in like all of them. That's it's it's just a matter of like it may be the same exact you know EV. It's just that your swings are gonna be bigger. I much I'd much rather. Spread it out a month, and I'd rather have more lineups and then win one of them. So it's like, Oh, I got a seat, right? So neither of them are correct. There's no correct way to do it. It's just what's your risk tolerance.
3: It it actually really bit me on Fanduel this past weekend because I won when the Fanduel live final seat in like the the five thousand dollar qualifier contest, um, and that was just an excellent lineup that I should have copied. And I, I did not copy it into everything. If I had had that, I had like thirty entries in the monster. I would have won $100,000 in the monster if I just had that one entry that was like my main first tournament entry. <laughs> if I just copied it to everything, it would have had like a, you know, a huge day. Uh Yeah, you know, ended up being a good day. You know, I got the live final seats. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. Like I was when I made that decision not to play that lineup everywhere. I was thinking, well, I want to spread out and try to win something. Right. Like if this lineup is really that good, I'm going to win the live final seat, which I did but I also could have won a lot of more money with that seat, but yeah, you just don't know how it's going to play out. Like, right. and I actually, I, I would need more towards over time, like diversifying it, right? Like try to win something because that's going to keep you going in DFS rather than like the one week, try to win everything. Right. I
2: mean, I see people that build like a single entry lineup for GPP and then they're like, like and ent- they enter the entire lobby with it. And it's like, well, I mean, like, would you rather have fifteen thousand dollars into one lineup, or I would rather have a thousand dollars into fifteen different lineups, and then win a hundred k in one of these contests? Over time, the the ROI may end up equaling the same, but do you want what's your what's your bankroll condition? If you I, I I when it comes to it's a it's a Kelly dynamic of the smaller the bankroll, the smaller percentage of the that volume uh, percentage of your bankroll. If you're only playing a half a percent of your bankroll, I think having a less diversified on a slate is fine because like, obviously you could, you know, you could ride that out because you're only playing a half a percent of your bankroll. You're playing 20% of your bankroll on a slate. I probably wouldn't want it to be all in one lineup. Right.
3: Yeah. Especially I think about how, how random defensive scoring is like, at least alter the defenses and, you know, for the, for the same priced, defense or whatever right and I would actually I'd argue I think your ROI is going to be greater diversifying over time like, by a by a margin you know uh
2: before we get out of here I want to showcase some uh props and pick them we talked about Madison earlier uh we have a we have our DFS and stat level projections here at Roto grinders it's not just for DFS. You could use these for, for props and pick'em sites like Prize Picks and Underdog. And uh obviously you could get our props and pick'em package, which has our expert analysts who do post, you know, their, their picks and their plays. And a lot of it comes out of looking at our models. It's not just, you know, I, I don't watch the games, right? I'm not watching the games and you know, coming up with takes like that. So looking at Madison's uh rushing. In our model currently, rushing attempts, 14.92, rushing yards, 63.23. If you were to calculate that and simulate it out a whole, you know, 10,000 times, uh, that would mean that Madison's over 47.5 at minus 113 on FanDuel would be considered a uh, plus EV wager. I believe some of, uh, if I look on prize picks right now, Uh, Alexander Madison's at 50 and a half, right? I think there's still obviously some value at a a 63 uh, rushing yards on 14 carries. Uh, I'm not sure what he is on underdog, but when in doubt, get the best number, get the best price. So currently, from what I saw right before the show, uh, 47 and a half is minus 113 over on FanDuel is the best, at least the best line available to the books that are, are going to be available to me in two weeks in Kentucky. Right. Congratulations. Right. <laughs> I, 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 I but it, it's uh, I could I could get that. If I want to drive John 15 minutes to Churchill downs, I could, I could, I could place that bet. It's just that mobile has not opened the regular stuff opened last week, but I'm, I'm not, I, I not I don't, I don't leave my house. I'm not going to leave my house to put down a $50 prop bet. the
3: The number of people I know that are like driving to get geolocated right to a spot where they can either like sports bets or or play DFS uh, is is kind of amazing.
2: <laughs> right. That this, this that uh, I saw that there's or uh, old Roto Grinders uh, contributor uh, Jam to win. Yeah. You can't play DraftKings DFS in Oregon. Flew to California in order to 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 enter contests.
3: Yeah, I, I do a show with him tomorrow. Yeah, and he's, like, he's got to fly somewhere to, to enter a contest. I I talked to a notable uh, DFS player who lives in Connecticut, I guess, and, like, games will, like, shut down. So he's got to drive. And he'll, he doesn't do basketball anymore because it's, like, too much daily. Late like, swap, do how would you
2: do that? You couldn't
3: do that. Right, yeah. So he – but he'll drive, enter his, like, football lineups. And he's got all week, right, to, like, modify them as he sees fit. Wow. Wild.
2: The things that people do, right? Yeah. But I'm
3: in, I'm on Prize Picks. I'm on, on I've been
2: at Kentucky Prize Picks and Underdog has been here for a while. So that's what I've been doing. The the problem with that is that it's beatable. I've been very profitable with it. It's just that I'm not a big fan of the swings because the most profitable, the highest EV cards or slips or whatever are like the four, five, sixes. Like it's it's one of those things where where if you if you don't if you pick six. And you don't get like at least five winners. Like you're having a losing day yet in like normal props, depending on the, on the, on the, on the lines, like you can go four out of six and have a nice day. I mean, like, because you just, you're just betting them straight. Right. And you know me, you know, John, you know me, I'm a, I'm a grind it out type. I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the, the, okay, I'm going to lose six days in a row. And then on the seventh day, make five grand. It's like, dude, that's that's what I play DFS GPPs for. I don't want my right. my kind of like low variance cash game prop pick em stuff to also be the lose, 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 win, lose, 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 lose win. So once props are available here, like I'm much more likely the only times that I, I will I will go on underdog and price picks is if the price of the number is better.
3: Right. It's it's interesting. Like I I sometimes think of DFS as like a, a combination of of player prompts, right? I mean, it's, you're making a DFS lineup. It's basically what it is. Um And I, like I put some stuff out on Twitter. I, like it, it, I think it's wild that like people will play like single game parlays and kind of prefer that over DFS, like the, the profit for these companies on like single, same game parlays, is astronomical, <laughs> like compa- compared were, to even yeah, the rate. Some of
2: these holds, some, I mean, I've seen holds on some of these subs over 40%. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah. The, like, I think FanDuel had like a number in New York that was like, Mind-boggling. It was yeah, you know, like forty percent profits. Like if you're you're entering the same game parlay on average, like you're losing forty percent. but people prefer that to like losing twenty percent at DFS. You know, at, at the most with with rake. Uh, mind-boggling.
2: So, uh, John Squirrel Patrol. People could find you on on Twitter as usual. But you also are doing you do content here. You have the solo ship show tomorrow. Is that is that free or just for premium members?
3: I think it's free because i I can just call it up on YouTube, so it, it's got to be free, right? Like, yeah, it's got
2: to be free. It's on this channel, but you also yeah. have some articles out as well. You're on the uh, 11 a.m. Eastern, the Sunday morning block oh, yeah. with Eric Buying for, which is I I listen to every every week. Typically, what I do on Sundays is I'll listen to Dean and the guys at, uh, in the beginning, and it's like, okay, here's. I get the lay of the land. I mean, obviously, I'm looking through projections. I'm building lineups. I, I know what's going on. So it's like, okay, here's. It's kind of like the like, like, it's the Roto Grinders and Friends show. It's like, okay, this is lighthearted, and then it's you and Eric, and it's like, you know what would be? It's like the Galaxy Brain show. Yeah. Like, like we're not even sure if is this person even real. It's like right. I don't. Everyone's <laughs> gonna play him, and it could be the other guy. Like, and that's yeah. typically the way that I think in DFS especially for week 2 where people are going to look at week 1 and go well what happened last week I think that's going to happen again this week
3: yeah my shows with Eric Eric for I like I joke they should be called like but what if right because we'll just sit there and go but what if you know and every everybody thinks this is going to happen but like but what if and I think that's a great mindset for GPPs and to, it's how you want to build your lineup's really it's like well everybody thinks like that this run defense is weak the run offense is great like, but what if they decide to pass? Like, what if what if this team realizes this, right? And they're stacking the line or whatever. Like, like think about these, like, plausible alternative scenarios.
2: Right. The key word is plausible. Like you mentioned before about building lineups. It's like, but what if the third tight end scores four touchdowns is not something that you should be caring that much about?
3: Right. Yeah. But, like, but what if they stack the line because they know they have a bad run defense and therefore the opposing quarterback goes off? Like, that's, like, a plausible, like, thing to be thinking about. Well, you can check
2: out Squirrel Patrol and all those shows. Hit that thumbs up button on your way out the door. Yeah, I love thumbs. the thummy thumbs. Right, everyone loves the thummy thumbs. It helps us out. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. You'll be able to get the the solo ship show. You'll be able to get all our Sunday block shows. We got Grinders live later today for MLB. Not not that big of a slate. We got crunch time right after that. We got uh, college football content. We got we got MMA stuff. Right. We got crunch time on Saturday for MMA and then and, and, say John will be, be on that as well. So yeah. check out all of our offerings here on YouTube, as well as all the premium content on Roto grinders. Click on that link in the description. You'll get $10 off your first month, but, uh, but I'll be back tomorrow and we'll go through a little bit more of a deeper dive on the NFL week Two slate on DraftKings and FanDuel. Just look at some stacks look at some leverage plays, look at some uncertain situations and uh, answer your DFS strategy questions like I always try to do here as much as I can. Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern on Roto Grinders today.